Geek for another week, 12th of October 2017. Mm. Joining me as always, Dan Miller, hello, hello. Tom McGill, yep. my name's Dave Scotland, and when we pull our fingers out, we get together and we dribble on about uh, sci-fi, cultish type cinema, geeky, nerdy stuff and anything that crosses our path. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to fight all urges to discuss in any way, shape or form the Star Wars trailer that dropped yesterday or the day before. Mm. We may, if we at the end of the podcast, maybe spend two minutes on some initial thoughts of, the, and we're talking of course of the up and coming uh, Star Wars I know, eight. I know people who are refusing to watch that trailer. I think Dan, you, spoilers. You, I no, think no you, spoilers. Uh, I usually don't watch the yeah. spoiler, but you did. No, I didn't. Oh, oh, no, okay. Well, so we might not be able to talk about. Take off your it. headphones, then, and <laughs> you might step outside. We'll give you some thinking music <laughs> yeah, while, while yeah, we discuss. Yeah. But uh, of course, this evening we're talking about a film that. I can honestly say probably influenced me to take the career that I've taken as much as Star Wars, Mm. Um, especially my interest in Star Wars uh, made me very interested in visual effects, Mm. but this film made me very interested in digital visual effects, Mm. Um, way more than Tron. And of course, I'm talking about The Last Starfighter, Mm -hmm. the 1984 sci-fi Classic mm. and definitely um, a classic. So, gentlemen, um, tell me, Tom, get, kick off and tell me your in first memories of my your earliest memories of the last stuff. Uh, my earliest memories are from a book that I had as a child. Before oh, really? I'd seen the movie, I had the book, which is a big, you know, maybe big sized hardcover book, but only about forty pages, you know, 30, 40 pages. It's yeah. one of those. You know, photos, screens, shots from the movie with a bit of text suitable for a 13-year-old boy. Written by Batool? I don't, don't know. The, the I same don't, guy? I, that I wish I had it here. I could. I would have brought it in and put it on the desk, but mm. it's on the other side of the planet at the moment. So when did you find the film? I uh, don't remember. Probably in the late 80s, early 90s. Mm-hmm. It's not a movie that I saw at, at the cinema. And... Uh, I I liked the book. I loved the the the, the graphics of the of the of the spaceships, and I thought I have to see this film. I have to see how they you know how they move. So um, at some point on VHS at a, at a friend's house, I would have I would have watched it. No, I, no, I don't remember ever seeing it on television, mm. but um, I watched it with some friends and on VHS. Mm. Dan, um, I'm not sure where I first saw it. To be honest with you, I think it would have been at the cinema. I probably would have seen it at the cinema. Nobody can prove you otherwise, so you don't have we don't have to pretend like we don't uh, remember. Yes, you let's could pretend. just say well, yeah, definitely as also the premiere. <laughs> it was <laughs> shook hands. It was the red carpet event. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, had, I had a bucket of popcorn and <laughs> there was me, Madonna and <laughs> yeah, Willie Nelson. Um yeah, so I don't quite remember where where it was, but um it's as I was saying to you the other day, it's a movie that always stuck with me. Yeah. Um yeah, so 
I just loved the idea because I was playing computer games on my Commodore 64 yep. in the lounge room after school or whatever. Yeah. And, and it was a cut above <coughs> the computer games that we were seeing at the time, obviously. Mm. You know, we weren't that far out of Pong yeah, at that yeah. stage and this thing was just stunning. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it really stuck with me um, and – uh, the you know the basic premise of it you know it's computer game guy saves the universe that's like it could awesome. happen it could happen to any of us <laughs> yeah that's right all we got to do is take our twenty cent pieces down the yeah yeah down the, the shop yeah and just keep <laughs> trying machines until the aliens and then turn the alien turn up <laughs> so yeah big impression on me mm. um, and I loved all of the graphics and I loved the spaceship and you know all of that what about yourself um, for me it was a VHS discovery it was it, it Around that time, the um, around the mid '80s to sort of early to mid '80s is when a VHS machine, a video tape machine, was finding its way into everybody's house, mm. and um, and eventually every kid in the neighbourhood had a, had one sitting under their television. Mm-hmm. And this film was around that time. So there's a handful of films. Krull was another one mm. that was just watched on loop. For, yep. Forever, you know, yep. it just you know, it might have spent a month mm. sitting in the video player, mm. and if you felt like watching a movie, you just press play, and mm-hmm. it was this thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I never, I can honestly tell you that I, I don't think I've ever put it on and not wanted to watch it. Mm. I've watched it through every time, and I can't say that about every film. Sometimes I f- think I feel like a film. Mm-hmm. But I fall out of interest very quickly mm. um, or even commit to half of it and then fall out of interest. But I always watch this thing all the way through. Mm. It is quite a quick film. You know, they don't they don't stop off on the side of the road too often. You know, it's just boom, boom, boom. The beats are really quite quickly. Mm. Um, and it's interesting throughout the whole thing. Mm. Um, and there's obviously some kind of narrative. Uh, there's some kind of narrative familiarity. Mm-hmm. There, mm. you know, it's the Arthur tale. Mm-hmm. You know, it's the, the there is a hero's journey here, mm-hmm. and um, and yeah, so I, I never tire of it. So, uh, as we normally do, we 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 like to dive into the narrative of of the piece. Stop off at the poster first. Oh yes, yes. Well, this is one of them. Let me throw up a couple of other posters that, um, and so as we click through well, this these, one has satin in the background for some reason which confuses me. Oh, they seem to use it they, they do a couple of times. I think the jump gate they fly past is past satin, they but why would they put satin. that in the... Oh, there's the road. <laughs> it goes past satin, turns right. Oh, at, the sparkling at, road. Yeah. You might be right. Now, I would have put the frontier in there, this big network of spaceships. Nobody would have known what it is when you're looking at the poster, but for the first time, but... Yeah, anyway. They wanted to use the planet, which is... Yeah, there you go. This has kind of got it. Sorry. That, what's the alien planet called that there? Um, Rylos. Rylos. Rylos, yeah. So when the movie opens, the Universal logo, mm. which Universal logo has the planet Earth rotating, mm. they wanted to put Rylos in there, but oh. Universal was against it. Oh, really? Mm. My precious logo. Can't, they don't just let anyone do that. Like Spielberg, I think, used to do that a bit, didn't he? He used to use the... Um, is it the Paramount? The mountain. The mountain. Yeah. He used it at the start of Indiana Jones. Um, oh, I know he used it. I think he might have used it at the start of the Crystal Skull. But, yeah, I think he's used it a couple of times as the backdrop. I oh, know it's definitely Raiders of the Lost Ark. 
right at the very start. Maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we sort of see this, the Paramount Mountain um, dissolve into the exact same mountain with jungle all around it. Yes, I remember that. hacking his way through that. Yeah, I remember. That jungle. Um, So, yes, this one uh, rings a bell for a lot of people with the ominous-looking alien in the poster, and for many people they would have (laughs) not known that he turns out to be a good guy. That always reminds me of Enemy Mind, that picture, a little bit. Very much so. The two... Yeah. Alien what reptile. is that up in the top corner there? That is the scepter. The scepter, yeah, the, which is also a weapon. With a dagger in it. Why did they put that I in the poster? Know, I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe whoever was doing the poster was in the prop section and said, is this a spaceship? <laughs> it looks yeah. like a spaceship yeah, because like it has exhausts on the right. Does it actually have exhausts coming out the back? It looks like it does. Yeah, it looks like it they does. pulled a bit out here. Maybe it was originally supposed to be a spaceship <laughs> and then they turned it into a scepter. Or maybe in the next movie, you were going to go and find the big boss's spaceship and it turns out to look exactly like his scepter or he's got his mini. That's totally bizarre. They've got a rocket coming out of the back of a prop that was a handheld device used by the... That's very bizarre. Now, what we're looking at here is... um, Let me see if I can... Maybe stop moving around. And that's wrong. The star. What's the? What does that say? You're closer. Starlight. Uh, is star bright. Star bright. So because it was starlight. Star bright. I thought it was both yes. names. Yeah. This is a travesty. It this. is a travesty. And what you're looking at is the <laughs> theatrical poster. And you can tell that this that the studio was maybe a little bit unsure as to how the crowd would react to this because look at the blurb. Yes, I know. It's a short <laughs> novel put there. Like there is a tagline that says he's he's got one extraordinary chance at, at the dream of a lifetime. And that's what? not... The tagline no. that they put on the um, on the DVD or the uh, the home rental. It's not a bad line. No, that's much worse. But they've included in Alex Rogan is a small uh, small town teenager with big time dreams, dreams of college, of success, <laughs> of marrying his girlfriend. Mowing <laughs> <laughs> the lawn. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's paragraph dreams one. Dreams of tax income. <laughs> Trade routes. Trade routes. It is quite literally a Star Wars crawl in length (laughs) on the poster. (laughs) So that's one of the posters. But we also have um, um, this one, which is more common... Um, early on, so that that's the VHS Starfighter. Um, yeah, we well, you can't even make out the word last. Maybe it's up there. It's a pretty poor, um, it, it and that's got not. all the spaceships it, in the background. That's a much image. better. Well, yeah. this, this better film image. was called Starfighter in some countries. Was it really? Oh. So maybe this is not the, or maybe this is the, you know, this is an overseas poster. It, it could be, yeah, it could be a foreign poster. Um, the this is the 25th anniversary, um, which would have been a DVD release. DVD, Blu-ray. Well, it probably would have been Blu-ray, wouldn't it? Because that would have been 2009. Does that sound right? 25th? Yes. Don't know if I like that one, actually. No, I don't really like that one either. This one's not too bad. It's sort of... um, They've changed the tagline. This is the one that we remember, which is he didn't find his dreams. His dreams found him. Ah, that's the stuff. (laughs) That's nice. Um, But the scepter is still in that one as a spaceship. Um, and then there's, uh, and then the, you got the girlfriend there in the caravan park in the background. So there's a lot of visual cues there. And then this one is one that a lot of people, um, and and it's uh, similar to the one I had up at the start, which that's, is that's the cover of my book. Is it? That's what my book looks like. Oh, maybe that is the book. Yeah, anyway. I've definitely seen this poster quite a bit. Um, and so there's a few variations of the poster. So um, the narrative. Uh, 
Dan likes to lead us on a journey through the narrative, through the uh, narrative beats of the film. Um, spoiler alert, we're about to spoil the whole film for you. <laughs> yes. um, but, but we promise to be slightly confusing yeah. and not necessarily in yeah, chronological You can't order. trust us. Yeah, so don't trust and us. And there's, there's <laughs> so spurious your, information yeah, that's dabbled right. in around it. Truth is. Um, we like we would like to say that we watch the film so you don't have to, but you probably should anyway. Yes, particularly on we, these. We might these get it wrong and fuck it up. Yes. Um, so, yes, we're going to step through the narrative and Dan is our master of ceremonies with all things narrative. So where uh, where to first? All right. Um, so yeah, we'll just kind of walk through the kind of the main beats and just sort of check out how it goes. Um, and yeah, you guys jump in with um, crazy stuff that um, you guys have found out about it. All right. So it starts off in the Sleepy Trailer Park. Um, now here's a question: Why is it in a trailer park? Big. And Sorry, go Sorry, ahead. Sorry, no, 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 no go ahead. I was just going to expand on the question <laughs> as opposed to being somewhere else. Well, the original script was somewhere else. It was suburbia. Yes. And uh, then Steve Spielberg does a lot of stuff in suburbia with, with little people doing big, who, big who stories. Who wanted to go home. Yeah, that too. E.T. was, was mm. when was E.T.? Just a couple of I years, think. 82 years before yeah. that. And yeah. so that was getting a bit too mm. too close. The um, Was it the production designer who... Ron Cobb. Ron Cobb, who was... Writing for working with Steven Spielberg and developing a story which ultimately then turned into ET. But mm-hmm. at that time, Ron Cobb was no longer on the project. Ron Cobb, by the way, is the art art director on this film. Yeah, um, but also was a concept artist on Raiders of the Lost Ark, Alien, Aliens, Star Wars, A New Hope. Um, oh, as, right. So he was in the art department for just about any. He's done. He started at Walt Disney as an in between. It's crazy. Artist. It's crazy. His his uh, portfolio is just incredible. It's like he. Yeah, it's right. like he didn't pick a bad film. No. To work he, on. He designed Conan's costume he, and Conan's sword. He was the oh, right, production right. designer on. Yeah. Um, so he he was like the biggest production kahuna mm-hmm. um, on Conan the Barbarian. Yeah. Which is stunningly beautiful thing to look at for a barbaric land. Mm-hmm. Um, he got it. Bang on the money, didn't he? So yes, yeah, sorry. He designed the um, the Hammerhead character. The um, what in Star Wars? In Star, Star Wars, Wars the no, guy the container. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah right. That we later learnt in um, in the Clone Wars cartoon series that they released in between Episode Two and Three. Mm-hmm. That that race of alien mm-hmm. has such an incredible booming voice. Mm-hmm. That it knocks things over, like that's it's a, it's a weapon. <laughs> right. Yeah, it's, it's like, it's, where's their mouth? <laughs> um, yeah, I think it's down underneath the uh, big he, S thing. Yeah. If you go to Rob's website, you get you get the um, you get all his portfolio stuff, and he shows shows the, the picture of, of the character oh, with yeah, little, cool. this, all the um, the biography next to it. This oh, is yeah, an cool. underwater creature. And it's, breezes through these gills and back there is his brain yeah. so it explains the whole thing yeah, yeah. but none of that of course made it into Star Wars canon no well they dug him out for the Clone Wars cartoon series because mm. he was a great character he was the Jedi because he, he was a Jedi in that yeah. that episode and he was saving the Emperor and um, him and another Jedi were saving the Emperor and there was all these scenes of jumping really incredibly fast moving trains and things like that and there was a fight you know Grievous was chasing chasing them all about this is all on Coruscant Mm -hmm. and obviously they lose because the Emperor gets Mm -hmm. taken up onto the ship but we're talking about a different film Um, the trailer park locale yeah so um, and 
Oh, it's a good character introduction thing. It's a good mini community. Mm. Yeah. So you can show community. that these are people that 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 uh, you know live together, help each other out, care you know, about each other, care about each other enough to cheer each other on when we're doing getting a high score. Yeah. So <laughs> yeah. um, you know that's why they ha- and also it's it's down you know in the lower social ranks which gives the main character incentive yeah. mm-hmm. to want to get out of there and do something with his life yeah so that's kind of set up early uh relationships between people are kind of set up really quickly uh there's maggie and alex who are boyfriend and girlfriend there's lewis his little brother who's a bit of a you know bit of a, uh, a scallywag scallywag yeah. he likes to you know play with his alien costumes his and little, shoot people with his does, does his little brother have a friend nerf gun does, is there any scene in the film where his little brother is visited by a friend? No. If you read the end credits, the, the second last name in the whole credits is Will Wheaton yeah. as his friend. I understand. And then I skip through the film again one more and fast forward to see where Will Wheaton showed up and he I must found, have been cut or something. I found a picture with Will Wheaton in it this afternoon oh, right. and he was standing in front of, because that's a real shop. From this movie? Yeah, it's a real shop, although that shop doesn't have a caravan park next to it. Mm-hmm. It never did. They just sort of used creative editing to make it look like there was a caravan park next, next to it. Um, but he was standing in front of it with a clapperboard. Yeah. And I didn't look at the image too closely to see what was on it, but mm. it was definitely in yeah. a search for Last Starfighter images, and he was yeah. in front of that store. Yeah. He was Maybe in there. He's, He's in the credits, so mm. we just didn't see him. <laughs> he might have been in one of the group shots. I think I read somewhere in an article that he was there for some of the picks up, pickups at the end or something rather. So, yeah. Um, all right, so we meet all of the characters. Lewis is, is, is Alex's little brother. Ma- Maggie's the girlfriend. Um, and we also see, and this is what I kind of <laughs> like about the movie, the first shot of Alex is him playing the arcade machine. Yeah. That's the very first thing that you see. So I, thought, I thought they used a really smart um, cinema decision to follow the kid. Mm-hmm. Um, it's sort of like this one continuous shot, isn't yeah, it? Where we see the girl, yeah. the girl's going over, the girlfriend, Maggie, mm. is going over to borrow an esky because they're off. The, Alex and the girlfriend are going to the lake, right? Yeah, yeah. And so that gets her to Alex's house and then we follow Alex's little brother we meet a mum Alex's mum there as that's well that's right and and then the little brother walks through the caravan park up the stairs past the guy that runs the shop and then mm-hmm. and, and um and ends up at the video game with Alex mm. so we've we've almost been in, introduced to every character every in context Earth as well character yeah. in that first 4 minutes yeah yeah and their relationships between each other yeah so yeah it's really well done it's really really concise um there are generally some really good camera moves in that film some yes. nice nice camera pans past people through yeah. through things Good compositions. Yeah, and I I liked that there was a few shots that I wanted to collect, like when he's when Alex is pissed off. um, You know, it's a shot from a crane shot looking down perspective via the starlight, star bright with his big star in the thing, and then and then him in the in the foreground. He Mm. throws his, Mm. you know, that's when he doesn't get the loan. Mm. Anyway, um, yeah, so there are some great, great, great um, cinematography in there. Um, Alex is. Playing the computer game, friends turn up in the truck, and they're all going to go for a picnic. But Alex, you know, they ask Alex to fix some stuff around the trailer park, and Alex has to stay back and can't go off with his friends. And Maggie, 
to his girlfriend. So they all shoot off. And um, then we skip the expedition where okay. he, that's where he delivers his monologue about oh, yes, needing, needing to leave and making something with his life. And he just yeah. want to hang around in this crappy old mm-hmm. trailer yeah. park for the rest of his life. Shine, you pick up with you boys. I'm, I'm out of here. Yeah, yeah. Slightly. Make something of my life. Yeah, slightly kind of pisses off his <laughs> friends, actually. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, um, that's and what friends that, are for. You losers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't want to be like you losers. So anyway, and they all shoot off. And yeah, it's really concise, isn't it? In two minutes, we got bang, 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 people, yep. right, set up. Okay, off we go. Yep. Um, you sort of even know the motivations of most of the main players. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, well constructed, I think. Um, then Alex goes back to his home and he meets his mum mm. and his mum. Did you gentlemen see a father? No, nope. there was no father. I saw a father. Do you want to know where I saw a father? Where? When he's showing the alien the family photo. Oh, that's right. Yes. There's a dad in it. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. And I can't work out whether it's a dad that's left or he's in the film and we just didn't, maybe they cut the shot where he's mm. maybe in it or not. But mm. you didn't see anywhere in the film. No. I can't remember no. ever seeing it. No. Okay, cool. No, that's a nice curious touch, actually, I think, to leave you questioning. And they were planning a trilogy, so who knows? Yeah. I am your father, Alex. <laughs> that's right. Could be coming back. Could be the God of the, the Scepter. Yeah, in the next, <laughs> in the next thing. So um, his mum has a letter for him. And so we've set up that he wants to get out of town and he's going to try and get a loan and he was looking through a bunch of letters. Mm. And as soon as he gets back, what happens? It didn't get in. Mm. It didn't get in. It didn't get the loan. You've jumped. You you have you have leaped forward in the film because he before he finds out he's no he doesn't what? get the loan. Yeah. He beats the Starfighter record. No, he doesn't. Yes, he does because he's telling his mother in the kitchen that guess what? Everyone's going to know that this is where it happened. I beat the Starfighter record. Uh, and then okay. she says, oh, they dropped this letter off at work. I opened it. Oh, good point. Yes, yes, I think you're right. So the Starfighter record. The the girlfriend comes but, back from the but lake. But that's not the ultimate record. It's like he's just his best score or something or other. No, 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 no. no. There's, a, there's a flash forward, right? She, she gets in the pickup with all the friends and they all go to the lake. He spends the day patching electric panels and stuff for old ladies in caravans. Yeah. And then when she comes back at the end at the end of the day and it's dark, she's dropped off by the oh, guy that owns okay. you. He's there, right? standing at the he's in the he's in mid game. Mm. He's he's pissed off yeah. because some some other guy drops drops her, his yeah, girlfriend yeah. off, and so they're having that conversation. And while he's being distracted and and, and angry at his girlfriend, suddenly he plays his best game yeah, in his yeah. life. Yeah, yep, that's true. And then that's when the uh, the village comes. When the out. entire village comes to cheer him on. And okay, I had to so, laugh so hard. <laughs> okay, so I've got this story beat as the big game, right? Yep. Um. So. So, yeah, you have been recruited by the Star League to defend the frontier against Zur and the Kodan Armada. So he's um, he's playing the game yep. and for some reason it looks like he's going to get the super high score. Yeah. And that's when... Otis. The, the yeah, guy, yeah, yeah, the guy old the guy. Otis, the, yeah, says, hey, everybody, he's yeah. going to get the high score. He's going to like, break the record. Is he going to break the record? <laughs> Apparently he's going to break the record. <laughs> hey, everybody, he's going to break the record. Lots of, of Spielberg S conversations going over the top. Of <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And they all run up the uh, winding stairs. Old grannies with <laughs> with the zimmers yeah, coming yeah, yeah, in yeah, with yeah. the shotguns. Shoot those Koda warriors. <laughs> and then they all, Alex. like 50 people, pr- proceed to get up in his personal space and start screaming at him while he's trying to break the record. <laughs> so, if I'm honest, they didn't set that up very well. <laughs> 
They could have had a shot with his little brother saying, you're going to break the record today, yeah, yeah. Alex? Yeah. Or they could have had a shot with his girlfriend saying, hey, you almost yeah. break the record. Where the record breaking <clears throat> is a thing. Yeah, yeah. So they never kind of set they're up. They're getting excited about something that realistically most of them wouldn't know that there's such a thing anyway. Yeah, yeah. And they're way too excited about it. <laughs> yes. But with video games, breaking the record is, is every day's thing. That's what you do in video games. You keep coming back and you always yeah. want to play better than the game before. Yep. So it's not something special. It's just something that happens one day. You've got the record. Yeah. All right. So Maggie comes back home. They He breaks the record. He gets 900,000 and um, he's the, the record breaker. That's right. Okay. So next story beat. Um, Alex and Maggie are discussing leaving the trailer park. Mm-hmm. Um, and yes, you're right here. Sorry. Yeah. This is where Alex doesn't get his loan, sad face. So um, he's now stuck in the trailer park. Yep. Um, and his escape route's been been cut off. And he storms out, and he comes across the starfighter machine. Girl, he runs up to the up to the sign that you were talking about before. Mm. That's right. He throws the thing throws, at the sign. Throws the curse the, you the, the letter at the sign. Yeah, and um, and then he's joined by. Well, the starfighter machine starts to go. Uh, that's right. Which I think it's a really cool. I think that's a really cool element in the film mm. that. And it, as it turns out, any time there is an alien nearby, the Starfighter machine starts wigging out. Yeah, yeah. And later on, it becomes a critical part of the um, um, the, the plot line with the, the beta unit. Yes, and we'll have to talk about that uh, when we get to it because mm. a number of things happen with that. Mm. Um, so essentially, the uh, next thing to happen is a guy turns up in a car and um, the car door opens and, you know, Somebody inside says, step into my office, mm. you know, Alex or whatever your name is. Yeah. Um, anyway, he's a bit bit scared, but he, he jumps into the into the car. Gets in the strangest car, that's correct. Yes, this just strange space car that <laughs> turned up that nobody... Old shifty looking guy. <laughs> yeah, with a big weird... grin on his face. <laughs> and a glass panel between him and the back seat. Yeah. <laughs> I think at one point he says... Um... I've got a proposition for you. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Would you be interested? He yeah, says, yeah, yeah, I would. He gets yeah, in yeah. the car. <laughs> yeah. And then Alex. And then wonders later why he got abducted and taken to another planet. Well, you got in the car, didn't you, you idiot? <laughs> Not sending good messages to the kids. No, this film doesn't. Yes. Well, it has a whole bunch of good messages that <laughs> probably wouldn't pass muster today. Um, so anyway, he gets into the car and there's another dark figure sitting in the car with him. And he says, um, and Centurai sitting in the car says, meet Beta. And, you know, they shake hands and there's a spark of electricity. That's right. But we don't get to see Beta. Beta. He's in the he's shadows. In yes. Mysterious in the shadows. And then he bolts out of the car and disappears. And Beta the car does. takes off. And the car takes off, leaving Beta standing in front of the camera as it goes down, yeah. the, down the road. Alex is still in the car. That's and right. Alex is still in the car. The car that's travelling at 300 kilometres an hour, according to the radar. <laughs> oh, was the, it 300, was it? Yeah, it was in the police. <laughs> was uh, it in miles? So what's the conversation that, that's going was, on inside the car? Well, all of the... Um, um, Centauri? Yes. Yeah, Centauri's um, trying to give you some exposition about the, his connection to the game and that he designed the game and... Mm-hmm. And, um, but he was also reluctant to tell him too much. Yeah, he wanted to keep it as a surprise. That was the key for me. You know, it's like, so you're where are you taking me in this weird car? And he's like, oh, you're the person who always wants to know the ending of things, aren't you? You know, are you the are you the boy that runs down the stairs the night before Christmas and yeah, checks on the presents? presents? Yes, you read the end of storybooks from the back. You 
crazy. Yeah, so anyway, um, drives at 300 kilometres an hour, spending most of the time not watching the road. Mm. Almost. But he has, has charisma. Robert Preston. Oh, that character one is... One of my favourite all-time sci-fi characters is that guy. He is... He's good. And so, what guy with that winning smile yeah. asks you to get in his car. <laughs> he's just a shifty <laughs> intergalactic salesman. Like, he's just a, a salesman. What yeah. do the pommies call it? A spiff? Maybe. He, you know, they had him in the World War II. They were the guys who can get you anything. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you want some pantyhose? I can get you some pantyhose. <laughs> just some elastic. Um, he reminds me of that exact character. In fact, he's even got the hat. That's the hat yeah, that yeah. a spiff would wear in the Second World War. Apparently, The Music Man is a film one has to see. Yes. And I have not ever same, seen that film. It's the same character. Same character, mm, yeah. same same actor. Yep. But um, have you seen it? I, no, I but I've that. seen his performances. I've seen yeah. a couple of clips of him, and it's the same fast delivery, mm. really punchy, quick Makes delivery. Makes me want to see that film. Yeah. You can tell he's spent a lot of time on stage. Yeah, 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 and he's good. He's articulate. Yep. He's still fast. Yep. He, uh, he's, he's there are some really good sharp in the main character roles. There's some really good actors. In yeah, there. Mm. yeah, charismatic, so likable persons. There's very uh, there's not one that stands out as a bad acting performance in this film. There's no one I look at yeah. and go. Even the little kid was entertaining. Yeah. You yeah. know, I found some of the some of the the, the townspeople, the, the trailer park people, a bit cringe with. The also rants. Yeah. yeah, yeah, but but Alex, um, yeah, yeah. Mm. Greek, definitely. Yeah. Centuri. All right, so they're going 300 kilometres an hour down a tunnel and it looks like they're going to crash. And so what does he do? Hits the fly now button. (laughs) Hits the fly now button. And we see our first Transformers digital vehicle. Yes. Flying on the screen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It was stunning Mm. to look at because it was a massive leap from Tron. If you ask me, it was a massive leap from Tron. Tron, Tron from me, from memory, very black and bright, glowing. You know, there wasn't. It just didn't have the shading quality that this thing did, and we we could. It looked like it was made of metal. Mm. You know, and it had sh- sh- the shader fall off of um, self shadowing, and mm-hmm. um, you know, it just got it right. And really bright rockets and stuff coming at the back. Yeah. Um, Something that I, I suppose I want to sort of not forget as we talk about this more and more, and perhaps this isn't the perfect time for it, but I'll bring it up now, is that you saw the car because the car takes off and then it goes up into the sky and then up into space and flies around a planet and then zooms off somewhere. You see it dynamically mm. rolling, yeah. barrel rolling, yeah. turning. And if you think about other space movies, including the most of the ones that we've already watched, yeah. what do the spaceships do? They sit on a stick. Yeah. Yeah. And the camera moves towards them a little bit. Yes, and that right. space attack yep. camera move in, yep. you know, and then, oh, no, camera pull out. You know, it's just so much more so much more static. You know how we um, we sort of have, we, we nerd out a little bit on the godfathers of visual effects <laughs> and, and, and we talk about, you, you, you've heard the name Dennis Murin, mm-hmm. um, who's the white-haired mm. um, god ILM. of, a uh, god of ILM. He's one of the, one of the founding boffins of, of ILM. Um, had a lot to do with the motion control system early on, or at least the stop motion and um, well, tip go, go motion, go motion. They're using and Tippett was you know, one of those guys. Stop and, motion and guy, Dijkstra, who who made the the um, um, the motion control computerized motion control rigs mm-hmm. to allow them to do 
matched passes and things mm-hmm, like that. Mm-hmm. Well, the doco I saw the other day about this film, about The Last Starfighter, had Dennis Muren talking to camera saying, when I saw that shot for the first time, when I saw some of the shots that they were doing for this film, he looked at it, having come from Star Wars, and mm. said, I can't do that. Yeah. He, and, they, it, and it enthused him to find out, what's this computer stuff all about? Well, see, Dennis Murin is the guy that took a couple of guys out into another section of ILM and developed the tech that gave us dinosaurs in a Jurassic Park. Mm-hmm. The, okay. the death of mm-hmm. stop motion mm-hmm. was sort of Dennis Murin at ILM. <laughs> killed it. Um, killed a lot of his mates and you know, <laughs> Phil Tippett and guys like that. But it was this film, by the sound of it, it was this film that prompted him to do Well, Digital Productions, who made all the digital effects for that Great film. Great name, by the way. <laughs> yeah, they, what's the first name There on weren't the list? many around in those days. You can pick the best. It's like <laughs> URLs. You know, get in early. Um, they, they, before they made this film, and I guess that's also got got them on the radar for the people who, you know, we're going to make digital effects. We're mm. going to use th- these, th- this company. Mm. They had made an animation with X-Wings. And they ah, made X-Wings right, yeah. flying up and rolling around and doing, right. doing shots that they couldn't do at that, ILM. That might have been the shot that he was talking about. That's, that's right. That's, that's the what the they shot, shot to ILM and said, look, this is what we can do with computers. That's mm-hmm. right. Using the same tech yeah. that they were using in this film. That's right. Yeah. yeah. And it was stunning. Like it, it did this loop back and come back past the camera. And it was. You looked at it and say, you know, there's no way you can motion control that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, that really stood out for me, especially after we've watched all of these other films with spaceships mm. in them. Yeah, it's just, it's it's a big contrast. Mm. All right, so the spaceship flies off, flies past Saturn, um, it goes through the... <laughs> as the poster promised. As the poster promised, the high point of the movie, and then it goes straight into time space warp and it flies to another planet on the other yeah. side of the galaxy or What do you think of that effect? It was a bunch of the dots tunnel. in the circle. No, yeah. the, the colours coming together. Where there was, there's a point where they they make the physical jump. We're inside the cabin of the um, of the car f- mm-hmm. slash flying car, mm-hmm. and we're looking across Centauri that's driving. So the camera's over here. and It's looking out uh, out there, and we see all the colours. So it starts with space black, mm-hmm. and then you see this rainbow of colours and the stars all squashed together in the middle. Oh, okay. And then they go back like like, like that. And I thought. I remember thinking at the time that looks pretty cool, but as I got older, I thought, well, there's very few movies that have shown jumping. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Star Trek do a good job, especially mm-hmm. in the last few films. Um, and, of course, the hyperspace in Star Wars is pretty mm-hmm. cool, but there's not a lot of films around that do that jump, that, that you know, space intergalactic jump very well. Mm-hmm. And that was a really un- – no one's ever done that before where – broken down the because every all the stars are colors right yeah, yeah. when you break there's sort of a, a chromatic aberration <laughs> animation going on where it comes together and then spreads apart again and then you're in that's rylos mm-hmm. there you're sort of right there i always liked it um okay so after that they go down into the space base have you got any images of the space base we might have one i think i do have a which is another 3d um thing and was it on um was the space base on Rylos or was it on a separate planet altogether? I thought it was on Rylos. I guess it was yeah. on Rylos. But th- that, that, back getting back to that space jump, just from a technical standpoint, from a computer geeky standpoint, there is a use of motion blur, which we don't have in these old ray traced renders here. We don't have yes. much motion blurring. Yeah. That was, you know, calculation wise, not, not feasible. Mm. But there's one shot where they pan from one side, from right, pan to the left, mm. and the stars streak for these few frames which I don't know how they would have done it artificially after rendering maybe yeah 
Yeah. I think I know the shot you're talking about. Yeah, you're right. It's just uh, when they come out of the tunnel. Yeah. yeah. It's one of the things, the lack of motion blur that gives it that look. It's kind of like a stop motion-ish. Mm. It's kind of like a halfway between a stop motion. You know, it's a mid-step yeah. by not having the motion blur. And we're now looking at a picture of the Starbase on Rylos. Yes. And if so. you look at Ron Cobb's original designs mm-hmm. of the planet and the concept drawings of car driving in. It didn't look like that. You get a bit sad about the end product. <laughs> you feel sad because they could have achieved so much more, yeah. but if only the budget. Yeah. If this, only the time This and looks the budget. like primitives. This looks like they've just used primitives here. Well, that's yeah. what I was saying to Dave earlier. From the stuff that I was reading, they were still using, um, yeah, fairly basic, obviously. It's Primitive-based modelling yeah, and techniques. Fractals. Yeah. fractals for the environment. It's not like they couldn't have done... They could have done even better. Mm. So for 84, it was great. But if they had had more time and more money, they wouldn't have... They could cut a lot of corners yeah. to get this film out in the six months of post-production that they had. Mm. All right, so they fly into the base. Then we sort of cut to live action. So that's a little bit of a sort of a jarring thing, I suppose. Um, and then instantly... For reasons of being mysterious, perhaps Centauri jumps out of the car and disappears off. off into the base somewhere, <laughs> leaving old Needs to get his money. Yes, leaving old Alex to meet his first alien. His first alien because he doesn't know that he that right that Centauri was an alien. Oh, oh no, he does. Yeah, he takes no, up he his face he takes for a his second. Eyeballs yeah, out. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was a giveaway. And she's the director's wife, I think. Oh, this really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's his name again? <clears throat> Chris Castle, Nick Castle, Nick, Nick Castle. There you go. Cool. Now, to me, what do they look? What do these aliens look like to you? <sighs> Lobot. Yeah, a little bit Lobot. There was a. Wasn't there an old TV series called Quark? Quark. It was a oh. comedy sci-fi TV series. Yeah, I think I remember something like yeah, that. Yeah, and the, that's what his boss looked like. To me, they look like Oompa Loompas. <laughs> Gigantic. The they Oompa Loompas. They do. <laughs> <laughs> These are the older cousins. I'm not sure why they had to go with the um, the permed hair. The, hair the bald edition. spot. Yeah. Well, yeah. the bald spot I can deal with. Oh, yeah? It's just the, the hair design. <laughs> Could have gone with something a little bit more aggressive rather than powder puffy. Yeah. Because we're in a war, after all. It's even like his the, bald would have been all right. The powder puff. And there's a lot of makeup on that um, mm. on that alien. There is indeed. And if you notice the colours now on Rylos, they're all muted, yeah. all sa- desaturated greys mm. and pastel colours. And the only colours that you really see as colours are red and green. In, and, the, in the logos and insignia. And oh, even, and in the, even in the, the hat, they have some hats that have either red or green perplex mm. and their skin is lightly reddish here. And and uh, those are the same red and green colors that you see in the Starfighter game. Yeah, yeah. So they get merit here in the design of that planet. Mm. Very good. So um, that's where we kind of end Alex's little, little trip and we quickly cut back home because we need to get a bit of an update on what's going on back home. Can anybody remember what happens in the very next scene? Is that porn? <laughs> yes. Yes, I knew it. <laughs> well, there's now the, in the, the in girlfriend walks into the bedroom. Yes, having spoken to the mother and and she's been informed. But you're skipping that ahead. He, you're skipping no, ahead. You're no, skipping no. past the playboys. That's the, the most important part of the film. No, this is no. the important bit. No, no. 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 Lewis first. 
lose first. Ah, uh, yes. In Magiro. That's and, right. Yes, and yes, and yes. Yolanda Hubba Hubba. That's right. Yolanda baby. <laughs> Yolanda yeah, baby. Yeah. That's he right. He's like, where's June? He pulls the play ball like this and it's Hell it's yeah. norm, it's almost taller than him, <laughs> which is not about the size of the playboy. It's about how old he is looking at the, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looking at the playboy. So I, when they do the remake, will he be on the computer – Looking at porn on in the remake, do you think? <laughs> Probably. I saw, I saw one. Um, it was. I thought it was. Um, I thought it was something different, but it turned out to be a podcast, and I didn't watch it. Yeah. Uh, but it was a podcast on this film, oh. and right at the very start, there was a warning. It was like a cinema warning, and, okay. it, and it was a rating type warning, and it said the following movie contains um, um, pornography vehicular homicide and something else, which is exactly what happens in the film. And I thought, that's pretty smart. I'm going to go back to that podcast and see what those guys come up with. Just to be clear, there's no actual pornography. He's just got a Playboy. That's right. We don't get to see anything. Just to cover it. But still, I doubt with a very strong conviction that anything like that would be tolerated in any way, shape or form today. That's it. So the the girlfriend. How does that happen? How do we turn into more prudish... How did we go backwards? You mean, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's the same with the 80s movies with blood and gore. You know, the Ed 209 shot or 109, whatever it is, when he's shooting the crap out of the, the, the guy in the um, the exec office and there's blood going everywhere. You, you don't get that any, yeah. either anymore. Yeah. Anyway, next one. Well, so, the, well, the, well, the, well, the girlfriend well. walks in. You do get it in B-movies even today. Yeah. And a lot of those cult films left. that are cult films today were, you know, not it's mainstream n- movies back yeah. then. True, it's never left those. That's where it's. But in the mainstream, it's just yeah. Oh, there's a lot of theories about how the censorship bodies in the United States won the war. Mm, mm. Like there were periods where they lost, they mm. gained back some some ground. ground. As it turned out, they they end up winning in the end. Yeah. Like they they rating system over there is crazy, and people lose a lot of money in their in their productions because of that rating system. All right, so we have a last actually quick story beat, and that is um, there's something under the the bed covers. Under the blanket. Oh, well, awesome. the girlfriend walks in, and the and the, the what's the kid's name again? Uh, Lewis. Lewis. Lewis tells the girlfriend he's been up all night moaning, <laughs> um, and she knows by now that he's missed the um, missed out on the loan. Mm. So she's assuming he's moaning about the loan, mm-hmm. and just decides to leave him alone and mm. and exits the room. And then what is revealed? I think we have a picture of it. I think we do. I'll throw yeah. it up there. Um, so it's um, it's, it's a little um, disturbing. It if is you quite, ask me. That was quite a sh- yeah, but unexpected shock. Yeah, yeah. So there's a um, a horrible human face that's um, morphing into its human form or something or other. It's like this um, pale, bug-eyed. Well, it's sort of it. it's a, it's a puppet oh, of a, of a character with some foil around it, slimy painted, and imagine somebody's at the other end with a hose breathing in and out of it, and the whole so face, the whole face goes, <laughs> <laughs> and it's all slimy, and the yeah, eyeballs yeah, are hanging out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I it's probably the scariest, spookiest moment of the film mm. until we meet the Zando Zan. When later I was on. studying biology, I had access to bin- good binoculars, like microscopic binoculars. These are big things with two eyes, like a microscope, but not as powerful as a microscope, okay. but fantastic for, for looking at, at little insects. You mm-hmm. see huge. And so I put a, a pupa of a fly. This was hatching because uh-huh. we had uh, frogs that we were feeding. So we always had 
poop out with the frogs and they yeah. would hatch and the frogs would fly. So there's a poop out hatching and so I quickly grabbed it, put it under the thing. And if you want to have disturbing nightmares, you watch a fly <laughs> crawling out of its poop out because the first thing that pops out is the head. And there's just the head. She can't wiggle her legs yet. She can't wiggle her wings. It's just the head and she needs to pump her, her way out of the pooper using her head. So right. the whole hemolymph, the whole, you know, liquid in the body goes into the head the eyes go out like that to the side and then it all shrivels up again when she pumps everything back into her torso and that way she sort of over several minutes works her way out of that pooper by swirling up the head and, <laughs> and you immediately develop a hatred for flies yeah, yeah. just want to kill them you can never this shot is that. not unlike that <laughs> all right that's quite disturbing it is very disturbing <laughs> <laughs> so this stage in the in the story we don't know who, who this is no no well, we, we know it's better. Well, we... But, don't we? Well, we, technically we know, but we don't know anything about it. We, we haven't we, been... Yeah, we... We don't know whether it's a good guy or a bad guy or whatever. Yeah, we don't really know what he's up to, what this is all about. Mm, yeah, maybe. He doesn't explain Maybe it. I'm spoiled with too much other films, but I thought of thought, you know, I mean, the, you, you don't see the face in the car, you have the the, the, the spark with the hands yeah. touch and he runs out, and I immediately think, because we know that Centauri is a yeah, good guy, yeah, yeah. I immediately thought, well, he's... You know, he's going to be the replacement. Yeah, he's going to, that's and why we didn't see him because he's going to be Alex. And you, you would, you would be hard pressed to not assume that yeah. those those links. But we're not. But then this is a surprise. Yeah, the exposition doesn't come till later as to exactly what he's doing here. Mm-hmm. So while that's happening and you're pondering that, we zap back to Starfighter Command. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a whole bunch of stuff going on. So um, Alex couldn't speak the language, so it's nice that the aliens don't speak English. That was a a bonus. And they give him a little translator thingy that they stick in his shirt. And then he can suddenly speak any the language. So he can now speak all the languages? Yeah, he can now he speak all the all aliens. The he can yep. all understand the everything. In What's the next thing he does? It's precisely the next scene. He walks into the room with all the pilots. Yep. Steps on the tentacle guy. Yeah, yeah. And what does the tentacle guy say? <laughs> That's right. And that, it's, a minute after he got they, the Universal Translator. And they squeeze at the end. It's almost like someone came in later and said, no, no, this is no good because they've put it two and two together. And they squeezed onto the end of that outburst, that alien outburst. Yeah. Um, I'll crush you to gore oh, did and he? dust. I didn't even Yeah, he says that. at the end of it. But you're right. He just still does that. And then they squeeze on the end of it. I'll crush you to gore and dust. <laughs> maybe the... Maybe the um, the Universal Translator has got a setting for no profanity. Yeah, no profanity. It won't, it won't, won't translate those. Gosh darn it! You stepped on my tentacle. So the guy that he steps on the on the toe of is He's one Cthulhu. of one of a handful of aliens. There, there's there's at least a, a dozen yeah. other starfighters all sitting in some kind of briefing area, and they're all different varieties. There, of are, aliens. there, were couple- there are there are an un, unequal number. They're an oh, unequal there? number mm. because every single one is two by two. Yeah, there were more than there's, there's one like of each. Five different races, mm. but two of each, exactly oh, okay. two of each. Yeah, yeah. And he's the only human. And when they're sitting down, and say there's there's five, six, six, six chairs of five mm. aliens and and the human. Mm. And then the row before them, every alien has the exact same species as themselves in front of them. Mm-hmm. And then he's the human, and in front of him is an empty chair. Ah, uh, okay, ah, uh, good. And I wonder what that was. Yeah. Is that because the last starfighter? I mean, the one that they fly in, the prototype, mm. has two chairs. Are they are they all the starfighters same race? Two two seaters? Yes, I would say. Of course they are. And is that 
So there was a so human what's missing. going on? Mm. So Centauri didn't come up with the goods. Yeah. Mm. Either that or Greg was off off making coffee. Yeah. Like, well, I don't think Greg was meant to be his co-pilot. Yeah. He was probably supposed to have a human one. Yeah. Because he was he built Death Blossom, didn't he? I don't know. I'm pretty sure. But that's actually a good point. He was in the hangar working on Death Blossom when the attack came. Maybe that's why. That's why he survived. That's why he survived. Um, yes. Okay. So um, there, this is some sort of briefing area, and then um, during this briefing session, we're introduced to the villain. Kind of. Just have I jumped? Yeah, little little jump. Yeah, little yeah. jump. Yeah. Oh, the refusal um, comes first. Well, well, yeah. There's a bit of that. Yeah. That's right. So just remember that it's Ambassador um, Orduran. I got his name written down here, which is just some weird. Somebody have a look on IMDb. He gets up the front and he's going to explain the story to us. He's going to give us some expository dialogue. Um, Enduran, Enduran, Duran, Duran, Enduran, Enduran, Duran, Enduran. That um, he's going to explain to us what the frontier is. And what we're all fighting for. Um, and he says that, um, okay, so there's this thing. This is this big thing called the frontier. That's right. And the frontier is essentially a barrier of some description that's, I would imagine, friggin' huge. Because mm. it, like, encompasses multiple worlds, all of the star systems of the... And, and shuts out all the bad worlds. That's right. Right. And so all of the bad guys are on the outside and the good guys are on the inside. It's pretty um, lucky that all the bad guys live <coughs> nearby each other and all the good guys live <laughs> yeah. nearby each other. <laughs> yeah, you just right. put a barrier in between those things <laughs> and start- it all works. Uh, yes. And it's starting to, starting to remind me of... Uh, a certain Donald Trump in their way of thinking of how they uh, how they organise things. Anyway, um, and so they say that there's been a dark betrayal, mm. um, uh, and so the starfighters are going to defend the frontier against Zua and Kodan. That's right. He sort of gives the speech that the computer game gives, doesn't he? That, yes. That you've been selected, and you and you alone can defend the frontier against. Zur and the Kodan Armada. Now, I have to say that Zur is an unfriendly word, and they should have chosen something else. Yes. Yes. Zur. Yeah. What anyway. language are we talking about here? Any language would do. X-U-R is, 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 that how is a it? shitty name. Yes. It's X-U-R, but it's pronounced Zur. Zur. Kind of messes up in when you're trying to speak. Yeah. So anyway, but that's the that's the bad Oompa Loompa, um, and Kodan. All right. Who is the son of Enduran? Oh, that's right. Yes, that's right. He calls him father. That's right. There's a father son thing going on there. So how is how are we introduced to the bad guy? Probably the largest hologram wait, in wait, wait, cinema wait, wait, history. Wait, wait, wait. I have to – we have to go one well, – I've got one more step before that happens. <laughs> now, let's – okay, I want to take you on a losing slide. control here, Dan. Uh, yes, I'm losing control. <laughs> the That's horses right. are – Pulling the reins. Pulling the reins. <laughs> because I want to tell you a, a little story. Let's imagine that you go to a new club, mm. okay, and it could be any club. It could be the aeroplane flying club or, you know, the paper aeroplane club. 
you go down to the paper airplane club and you think, okay, I'm going to join these guys. These are, these guys are pretty cool. And they say, hi, how you doing? Here, have some coffee. Here, look, we're going to make paper airplanes. Paper airplanes are cool. Here, look, we're going to have one of our guys talk to you about paper airplanes. He says, yes, paper airplanes are great. We love paper airplanes. We're the paper airplane crew. We're going to make paper airplanes. Everybody's going to make paper airplanes. It's going to be great. And then everybody stands up and chants, what if victory, or death, <laughs> victory or death, victory or death, victory or death. Now, if you're in that club, would you be like, oh, yeah. I made a mistake. Yeah. <laughs> Which I think is exactly what happens. He sees Centauri off to the left and he's like everyone's <laughs> victory. Chanting. Even Centauri's doing it. He's just That's like, right. he's not chanting. He's just yeah. right pumping his fist as he's walking around the office. And Alex runs over to him and says like, I want out. Yeah. What are you doing? You madman, you didn't tell me any of this. Yeah, yeah you guys are a little intense. Which is when we, we meet um, Greg, don't we? Greek was a jolly old fellow and takes everything he with, gets, a, with a good laugh. He knocks down, he accidentally knocks Greek or Greek knocks Alex over. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how they're introduced to each other. And it was Greek that that worked out that Centauri had been up to no good because the Earth isn't part of the, that's right. the directorate. Mm. That's and right. They were not, not due to be Technically approached. allowed. Uh, yeah. Now, what I think is, is supposed to have happened is that there's some other system. Uh-huh. On the regular worlds where Cthulhu comes from, they don't have arcade computer games to get to become the last staff or a one of the starfighters. They have some other system which they mention mm. they call something. So yeah, he's got this ad hoc system that um, has been um, used. So um, yeah, so Alex refuses the call like a true hero. Mm. And um, Greg is a little shocked. Says, "What, really? Yeah. Don't want to be a starfighter? Are you a coward? Yes. <laughs> and you know, nobody refuses this. This is this is crazy. This is the kind of scene over here. Yeah. Um, and so Centuri's counting his money, and um, yeah, so he doesn't want to um, become a starfighter. And, and Centuri's getting all pissed off because mm. you know he was going to have his fortune for for, for providing this, and now." We get some hologram action. That's right. Preceded okay. by wind. Wind, was there? Yeah, well, oh. the wind starts blowing everybody's hairstyles <laughs> and everything. and Because there's particles that flow in yeah, and that's make, right. the po- make the hologram. Particles blow out like hologram this and then they come together like this. And it's the largest hologram in cinema history until <laughs> Snoke. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay, true. Uh, but it's just a giant 14-foot floating head. Bald head with Oompa Loompa hairstyle sideburns, um, (laughs) (laughs) um, offering uh, a foreboding warning to everybody that everybody's going to die. And and so it's Zur, the son of. um, So why did he call? Hey, Dad, I'm just calling up. Um, just to remind you that I'm going to kill you, <laughs> I'm going to kill all them, and I'm going to smash everybody, and you shouldn't have doubted me in the first place. And the and Uncle Dave, who you sent over to spy on ah, me. Yes, that's right. Uh, they have to have a melting headshot. Yeah, you have right. to have a head-melting event. So yes. there's, there's a torture. He's able to bring it up on the monitor, the, uh, the, the spy being yes. tortured, tortured yes. having his face melted and, and brain screaming melted. with the most yeah. terrified, ah, oh my God, as right. his laser beam melts his face off. <laughs> Lots of cutaways of people looking at it going, <laughs> and that's when I think Alex, you know, he's got the victory yeah. of or death chant followed by the brain melting. Well, I don't even think there's like- any dialogue. I think I think after the brain melting thing and then the hologram disappears, the next shot is he's them literally back it's to just Earth. <laughs> 
<laughs> Satori's in the front seat, cursing uh, under yeah, his beard. Yeah, yeah, I'm out of here. <laughs> Bloody please. <laughs> All right, so while they're leaving, yeah. um, we don't leave space because now we've just been introduced to the bad guys, so yeah. neatly we have to go and see them for real. That's right. Mm. The on, the, on the command ship, yeah? Yes. yes. So there's a command ship. And um, so what are they going to attempt to do in um, this? They've got to try to smash their way through the frontier. They're trying to cut through the frontier so, yeah, that, like the, the barrier. so yeah. that the armada can Sneaking, proceed yeah. through and destroy the Star League. And because the video game has a level where you shoot asteroids. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's right. In real, they have to start throwing asteroids. Yeah, the the me- meteor gunner. Yeah, ready the meteor gun. That's right, right. So it's Zur mm-hmm. and um, and those other guys, yeah. who, the Kodan, that's right, the yeah. Kodan. Um, and Zur gets his scepter out and it's got its like dagger, yeah. it's on spikes and everything. And the Kodan guys say, all right, launch meteor missiles. And he gets the shit. And he gets the shit. He says, I am the boy. <laughs> <laughs> launch the missiles. No, I'm the boss. I say when we launch. Launch the missiles. Yes. <laughs> it's pretty much exactly yeah. what it is. And we find out that he's sort of borrowed um, an army, you know, like the the emperor. He's in cahoots with these Kodan people yeah, somehow. Yeah, the Kodan emperor has given him the armada because only I know the location, location of, of, the, of the hidden base. Yes, and I'm about to launch missiles at the hidden base and yeah. I'm being a jerk to all you guys, so this doesn't bode well for my future. But anyway. Which is exactly what happens to him. So yes, the Kodan hate him at the end of that. Yep. Um, and there's a, a kind of a, a woo, 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 woo beam that yep. makes a kind of a little hole. And as the hole gets big enough for yep. the meteors to go through, yep. they launch the meteors at the base. All right. Um, and so now what happens? There's an extra little bit in the in the film which I thought was a little bit weird. So we're still in space. Mm. We've got the meteors going towards the Star League base. Yeah. We've got the people in the base. And we've got the guy that paid the money to Centauri is planning a bomb. Exactly. Somewhere inside the base, probably for the defense shield. That's right. It's their their repulsor gun controls. That's right. Because they're gonna have anti-aircraft guns that are gonna shoot down the little missiles. And they, that come they in. shot quite a few of the meteors down. Until the bomb. So he's put a bomb on the, and and then that blows that up, yeah. and um, and then so, so that blows that up, yeah. and then the the missiles go into the base, and it blows up the base. Yeah. Um, or rather, it heavily damages the base. It doesn't yeah. like just destroy it, and but, it kills all the starfighters. Yes, but it doesn't kill everybody. No. Right, it kills no, all it the, just, the gun stars. It somehow kills all manages the to kill all they the hit spaceships. The hangar. Yeah, all the spaceships. They hit the hangar. Mm-hmm. Um, so I thought that was a little bit weird. Why did they put that into the story? Why did they need to have... Because they got the missiles coming in. Mm. Why did they need to also have a dude inside the base blow up something inside the base and then the base blows up from something outside the base? Because it makes the, the good guys look like a bit of a stupid pansies if they could be wiped out just by the meteorite. Yeah, right? th- they have their anti-meteorite guns and yeah. they would have prevailed if only they hadn't been they're good and they have good yeah. defenses and they can be relied upon yep. and they would have prevailed if only they hadn't been stabbed in the back. So that's a really good explanation from inside the story but from a presentation of a story I, th- I start to think that that's from a viewer's perspective it's like 
who was that guy? Mm. Why did yeah, he do that? Yeah, I still that? don't know. Where did he come we from? Never, we never yeah. get told. Do Where that? did he go to? Yeah, that's And right. we don't get any of that information. Yeah. So from that perspective, it's like mm. you could have chopped yeah. that and, and we all still been. Yeah. 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 yeah, if you're going to have it in the story, do something with it. Like, because we see that guy earlier on, and yeah, yeah, he's yeah the I guy that pays pays the money to Centauri. All right, so um, there's a rather poignant scene with one of the little Oompa Loompas is watching the little radar, and the That's bombs right. get closer, yeah. and it's like, well, I guess we're all dead, yeah. <laughs> and we're dead. Yeah. All right, so uh, Centauri. Um, so we're back on Earth. Yep, and the. Space car is broken down, yep. and we're in the middle of a road somewhere. And um, Centuri's under the car, and he's fixing it with his sonic screwdriver or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And um, Alex is going to just head it. home. He's, he's going to walk home. He's going to walk yeah, across the paddock to yeah. get home. Yeah, it's only a couple of miles. And Centauri gives him a communicator just in case. That's right. Just in case, if you now, Centauri didn't be. He wasn't too worried about the beta unit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. He's chucked him a communicator <laughs> yeah. and said, yeah, see you later. <laughs> yeah. And didn't think, well, I sort of left another alien. <laughs> two Alex's. In your bed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. back at your place. Um, because he still, we still don't know who the beta unit is. Um, do we? Have no, we, have we been we told have. who the beta unit is? Because Alex certainly doesn't know until he finds him. No, in we don't the bed. know. In fact, when we get back to town, mm. that's mm. when the, it's going to start to be revealed mm. that there's some confusion going on. Mm. And that's so right. Yes. It's the beta unit that tells Alex what a beta unit is. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think so when he's in bed, yeah. he explains to him when the, when you we zapped each other in the car. I took on your blah blah blah. blah I'm here to. <laughs> so when he gets back, you know. Maggie slaps him because the beta unit has said something stupid to Maggie, and Maggie thinks the beta he unit is Alex, like and Alex thinks tongue in his ear. Who yeah. would? <laughs> I like the beta unit. I like the whole the whole beta unit, and I like that he was his own character as well. Yeah. You know, I, I thought think, that was really great. I think. How do you stop it from being um, Star Wars? Beta unit, right? It it, mm. it plants the story on Earth. And it, ter- it it forces it to be sci-fi in our science, right? Mm. I think they even mentioned it in the doco that, I, that mm. I was watching, that that is the mechanism they used in the narrative that plants it, like that that makes it not a, a fantasy. Mm. You know what I mean? Because this and it plants the story here, um, and he as so he goes off, but there's there's stuff that has to keep going on here Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and the beta unit is the thing that makes that all happen and I like the pacing of the story because we got into it really quick we got Alex up into space really quick we had a couple and anyway then there's a space fight and things are exploding and now we're going to come back down here and we're going to take a little break for a little while we're going to start looking at some other stuff and then we're going to sort of ramp up into the climax at the end so it's very unusual for stories to have a little long long journey for the hero just to then do the refusal and go all the way back home again yes, before he again gets picked up again to go yeah. back the other way again. And in screen time, getting from when he's dropped off to when he's picked up again, happens like that. Yeah. And I, I, I make the case as well that they even even when he goes back, he still refuses. Mm. Mm. The refusal stays with him for quite some time. Yeah. Whiny, um, whiny farm boy seems to be common <laughs> in, in sci-fi. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, whinge and moan the whole time. So, yeah, he meets the, the beta unit and they have a bit of a discussion and they're kind of, you know, shocked that Alex looks like the beta unit, so he's surprised and the beta unit's surprised that he's back. He's That's like, right. what the hell are you doing here? You're not supposed to be here. Um, and so while they're doing that, a car arrives and a guy gets out of the car. That's right. He's a hitchhiker. He's a hitchhiker type guy. And um, he, in our first shot, we we see that he has a space gun. Mm. Um, Well, well, first we're introduced to the, or once again, the computer game. Yes. Starts wigging out when he gets out of the car. But it does more than wig out. And I need some explanations of what's going on here. Because as the alien walks past the arcade machine. It tears his face off. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Tears his face off. He's in a he looks like a human and then when he stops and stares at the computer game his his, his disguise. disguise gets ripped off and he's this it's a cool looking alien with the eyeballs <laughs> right out here on the side, just a little tiny <laughs> grandma mouth. Um but yes, it's uh, and drooling and, and yeah, uh, pretty. It's a lovely face to see in a police yeah. uniform. I wish there were more photos of, of that that alien in the police uniform around. <laughs> Yes, yes, I've got here. For some reason, the arcade Starfighter removes his face. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, so just could, as, as badly explained as the... Uh, we could come up with plant, some scientific techno babble as, as to why the reversed positrons on the thing yeah. inverted his face mask. Yeah. Was there any story or narrative reason? No, no. no we've never got explained. No. Is, is the thing protecting him? Who it, knows? It, Not, I think get- they sufficiently set up that there is some kind of connection with that computer game and anybody that is of an alien race. Because as soon as Centauri turns up, it starts wigging out, right? Right at the very start. And then when he turns up, it starts wigging out. That's enough. It was enough, but it doesn't... They never they never explained enough to to justify the face ripping off. I think they, they kind of screwed up. This is my explanation for it. It's like... We're going to have the bad guy arrive in a car. And are we all agreed? Yes, we are. Cool. And then they said, all right, so we're going to have Alex fight the monster. And then we're all agreed. Get get out of (laughs) the car. Yes, but a monster can't get out of a car. Ooh, so we're in a bit of a tricky dilemma here. (laughs) How are we going to solve this one? We'll put him in a disguise. (laughs) Yes. But then how do we get the disguise off off him? (laughs) Well, you see. I think and the rest is history. I think that there is some kind of alien tech that's used in the computer game that is that replicates Earth. Earth it, it replicates something, mm-hmm. but realistically, it's alien tech. There, you're just seeing a computer game. Ah, okay. The same tech he's using to disguise himself, and, and when they come close to one another, they interfere. There's yeah, they're like magnets or something, and yeah. they flip around backwards so the see? poles align. Easy. Yeah, see, I knew we could mm. solve this one. <laughs> All right, so Alex is out wandering the streets. Oh, he's got the shits. He's got the shits because, well, Centauri left the beta unit and didn't tell him about it. That's right, yeah, yeah, yeah. He goes, he's tapping the crystal. (laughs) That's right, that's right, yes. And I thought... Get back in. Yeah, yes. yelling at the sky. (laughs) Yes. And I thought that was all well set up. That was really well organised in terms of plot points that now he's pissed off, so now he's calling Centauri back. Mm. Okay, so... um, the space. Oh, what's the space bad guy's name? He's a Xanderzan. A Xanderzan. 
which is slightly less bad birth name than Zur. <laughs> so anyway, yes. So there's um, they have a bit of a fight. Well, tries to kill Alex. Yep. Then Centuri arrives at the last in the nick of time with his laser gun and pachoo, shoots off the Zandozan's arm. That'll learn him. Yep. And then um, they're getting ready to go back to. Well, Centauri gets shot. Yes. Um, by the arm. By the disembodied Xanderzan arm yep. with a laser gun in it. That's right. Um, and takes one to the gut. <gasps> Why? What the happened? hitchhiker. Yeah, tell me. The what? guy who is the Xanderzan. Yeah. Is Mark Alimo, and I was kind of thinking, where do I know that name from? The guy that gets out of the truck with, yeah. the, with the mustache? No, the hitchhiker. The guy whose yeah, the face g- gets ripped off. Yeah, with the moustache. Has he got a moustache? Maybe. Well, no, no, in the film he has. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And he's got some kind of skin condition as an actor. Because I, I remember he used to be in just about every, um, like, Rockford Files. He was in Knight Rider and Chips, and he was always a bad guy. <laughs> But um, I know him from Two Space Nine. I've seen him, yeah, yeah. He's cool to cut. Oh, really? Yes. Well, he might be, yeah. It is too. It is too. That's yeah, yeah. Because we only see him for the for the fifteen steps it takes to get from the car <laughs> yeah. to the computer gate. Yeah. <laughs> then his face gets ripped That's off. That's your rollover. Thank you for coming. <laughs> All right. So um, Alex is going to go back with Centuri. Now, what is the motivation here again? Because. 20 Zandozans will be here oh, that's right. within that's a day. Right. That's right. And eventually Zur is going to find Earth. And blow up Earth anyway. kill so. everything you love. And so, yeah, so Alex, like, kicks a rock and goes, oh, shoot. Yeah. He got guilted, <laughs> guilted into it by yeah. Brady Unit. and uh, So he gets tricked into it again. Yep. All right. So, um, so, yeah, the next story beat is Return to Starfighter Command, and it's all blowed up. Um, yes, that's right. And Centauri is um, fading, is, fading fast. In mm. fact, he passes out when when they land at what's left of Starfighter Base. Yeah, so I've got here as my story note, Centauri kind of dies. Mm. And Grig says, farewell. Oh, he dies. Farewell. Like he dies in the film. When you, when you do the open eye pass out thing and then they come in and close your eyes, <laughs> you're dead. Mm. I would like to remind that when he falls like that and he, he just sort of stares blankly and then Greg reaches over and closes his eye, fake eyeballs on that's the right. mask that's, that's right. on his face. <laughs> it's a very poignant moment. Yes, it was. <laughs> it was. And it's that it's equivalent to Obi-Wan dying in that at the end of that third act. It sets the you know, the whole thing moving forward. It's he has to do it alone now. That's right. His Grifting master has has is gone. The only um, difference is, is Centauri is not a wise master. He's no, just he's a shifty a, master. He's a con man that yes. abducted a human off a planet. And, and he gets immediately replaced by Grig, <laughs> who's the new mentor. That's right. So while they're doing that, back at home, there's a quick little story bit where um, the beta unit, Alex B, the hearing, yeah, yeah, has some. Needs a data update on his ears or something yeah, or other. He's hearing some some really bizarre noises. Yeah, yeah. So he um, does a little bit of maintenance and takes yeah. off his own head and then yeah. is fixing and it. Is up and he's operating on the head yeah, on yeah. the desk. Yeah, and yeah. Lewis sees him and he says, It was only a dream. Go back to bed, Lewis. <laughs> Idiot. <laughs> something or other like that. And then he sees another yes. spaceship. Shooting thing. star yeah. stop and come down. Yeah, and yeah. Then- 
So he has trouble. Grabs the nose of the yeah. head on the because he wants to. Moves, he wants to. Uh, wants to shake, shake his, his head. head in dismay. So he needs to. <laughs> needs to do that. It's a little awkward <laughs> when your head's not attached to your neck anymore. Yeah. <laughs> oh no. <laughs> All right, then. So um, back in Starfighter Command, we have a bit of a hero moment mm. where Alex is all suited up in his um, Starfighter kit. Yep. Um, and then they go and see the um, his ship. Mm-hmm. So what do we know about his ship? It's an experimental one. It's a prototype. A prototype, yeah. Yes. It, it contains the new prototype weapon called Death Blossom. <laughs> Death Blossom. And when Which some, turns out to be a really wicked, cool weapon. But you don't know that when you're the pilot <laughs> and you open the thing and you see the big red button and somebody <laughs> says, don't touch that. That's a weapon of last resort. It's called Death Blossom. Yeah, yeah. There was no way in hell I would ever press that button. Uh, yes. Not even. Yeah. Not even when they you, all You'd running. fly like that. You? <laughs> Can I press it now? No, no, we don't press it yet. <laughs> why, and, and Greg's thinking, why did I put the button up there? It's <laughs> instant death to yourself and everyone around you, you'd mm-hmm. think. Um, so they get into the ship yep. and they start to, you know, control the ship. And, and he doesn't know. The ship. He doesn't know, like, uh, they're entering the ship and the navigator, Grig, gets out of the little elevator and gets in his chair and then the elevator keeps going up. And then as soon as he gets into the chair, um, Alex, I think, asks something in relation to the other starfighters and Grig says this, they're, all, they're all dead. Yeah. You, yeah. Wait, what? <laughs> and then they take off. Yeah, but yeah. how many are left? <laughs> yeah. Including you? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> One. One. <laughs> and then they, they literally take off at that exact moment. It's yep. like, ha you can't go anywhere now. And the best line in the movie is, so I'm the last Starfighter and I have to fight all of the Cordan fleet. Yeah. And Grig says, yes. And he says, it'll be a slaughter. And Grig says, that's the spirit. That's the spirit. <laughs> <laughs> My slaughter. <laughs> it's whiny farm boy throughout the whole thing. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, it'll be a slaughter. He modelled that character, Greg, on a, on some British commandant who, yeah, yeah. who trained his troops. and. So the controls are just like the arcade, which is handy. Yes. Okay. The whole point of the game, yep. So he knows all about it. It's <laughs> a great photo. What's going on? Yeah. Um, and so they do a bit of target practice. Yeah. And the, the, we find out that the whole, realistically, a starfighter really is a gunner. You know, does a lot of... Yeah. Doesn't do a lot of flying. Griggs is the navigator, yeah, so he's he the sort pilot. Of, sort of flies, does most of the flying. But, yeah. but And we find out that the, the chair is linked to the Starfighter. Yeah, and it rotates around. And and the targeting system is suspended in the Xeon mist. Mm -hmm. And the thing that I thought was the absolute coolest, the absolute total coolest about the spaceship was that it had, like, little turrets all over it. Yeah, yeah. So if he was looking this way, the turrets on that side would shoot, and if he's looking this way, the turrets on that side would shoot. Yeah. So that meant that the spaceship didn't have to dogfight. Yeah. It could just kind of fly along and shoot up and down and left Mm -hmm. and right. And I was like... Yeah, I even think at one point man. when he's chasing a ship in a in 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 a moment, the ship goes across a uh, a strut or a part of the ship in the targeting system, and and it turns into a semi-transparent version of the ship oh. with a red X or something, so he can't shoot the his ah own right ship. right right yeah the targeting system won't allow you to blow your own wing off or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, I, I still think it's one of the best um, ships 
in sci-fi. Yeah, I thought it was yeah, so it's cool. cool. Yeah, pretty cool. And cleverly designed for the computer games of the time, the Galaga and so on, where you really all you do is you know you shoot at asteroids, yeah. or shoot at incoming yeah. aliens. You don't learn how to fly a spaceship. You learn how to shoot. Yeah. So it makes sense that there would be that you can't be expected to be the pilot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They need a second person to be the navigator. So he's still. Um, yeah, they do some pro- uh, target practice. Yeah, they do some target practice. And then they get, they run into another ship. That's right. They detect a cargo ship. You know, what's a cargo ship doing so close to the frontier? And they, uh, the cargo <clears> ship <throat> turns on them and decides to take a shot. That's right. And, you know, that we have our first live target. Mm. Um, and whiny farm boy does not want to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and they're, 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 the ship's shooting Kidding. them. And yeah. one of Greg's lines is, shoot! <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so he shoots and ends up killing him. Yep, killing the, sh- the 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 ship, and he's pissed again. Yes, and I've got here in my story beat, Alex whines and whinges. <laughs> yep, he's just taking another life. There's only one scene at the, right at the very end of the film where he's not doing that. <laughs> so that, they go into an asteroid. They're mm. flown inside of an asteroid. Yeah. Now the fun fact I, I read about the asteroid is that um, the asteroid didn't render properly. Mm. And um, so, yeah, what you see in the screen is they've, they've messed up the settings or something or other. And um, so the slightly blurry, what was it? Grey ice cream. A, yeah, we've got a shot of it. Um, and you can definitely see the difference. You can see down in here, you probably can't necessarily see if you're watching on the thing, but we can see some hard edges on the polygons down here. This oh, is yeah, like yeah. the sharpest, yeah. the sharpest For edge sure. every. Yeah, this and is then really weird. See how soft everything is over here, <clears throat> and and this is on the outside. When you get inside and get close up to that yeah. texture, it's that's when you get the grey ice yeah, cream. It's, it's hard edges and bump maps and the texel texel scope. Yeah. Like yeah. it was, it's terrible. Yeah, and yeah. It's, from shot to shot, it keeps changing. <laughs> Presumably procedurally generated fractal. It would be. So it wouldn't have any textly, but it's bl- it's blurry as hell. There's sharp edges and then a blurry bumpiness to it. Well, the, if procedurally there would be a a a, 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 a factor for repetition, and yeah. that factor is not consistent relative to the objects around it throughout the film. Mm. Uh, you can tell. Yeah, the issues of resolution. Yeah. yeah, it was funny. That there's one of the guys that was working on on the digital stuff said that at the time there were just boffins in little cubicles and someone would jump up in in the <laughs> yes. middle of the night or something, someone would jump up and go, I've worked out how to do shadows. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> self-shadows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And everybody would all congregate around the cubicle and within two days all the shots had self-shadows and mm. stuff like that. So yeah. we, they were literally inventing this shit as, yeah. they, as they went along. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty pretty damn cool. Yeah. Um, while they're um, doing this, there's a back home story that we're flashing to every now and again. The beta sort of unit. parallel tracking, aren't they, the two yeah. stories? Mm. So, yeah, two stories start to happen simultaneously. Um, <clears throat> and that's the... Enemy bad guys, Xanderzan, and um, they go up to um, Silver Lake. They're going to have a picnic or something or, or right. camping up at the lake. There's some gratuitous snogging going on under blankets. Uh, yeah, and things some like that. under blanketry yeah. snogging going on. The, and the, the parents don't know what's going on. The um, unacceptable. The Xanderzan has taken over one of the cops. That's right. Which actually might not be acceptable today either. Um, I remember a good story is um, one of the scariest Doctor Who movies is when the and one of the only movies that I think got complaints from not only people but the actual cops mm-hmm. is when you replace cops in a film in the 
well, in the Doctor Who case, they were replaced with kind of robot cops mm. that were evil. Mm. And the cops kind of rang up Doctor Who and said, you know how we're making out the cops to look like ro- evil robots? Can we not do that? <laughs> so, yeah. Um... All right, so then we cut back. We're still inside the asteroid, and Alex is still in his whiny, whingy mood. Fight the bad guys. I can't do it. And they're going to swap um, a, f- a few home stories. Yeah, yeah a few yeah. photos. What are we fighting for? Yes. So tell me a little bit about um, Griggs' family. <laughs> Apparently. If it's an alien, you just put oid on the end of it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and it's fine. Yes. Because he has a wifeoid. Yes, he has a wifeoid. <laughs> and 300, is it 300 or 200 little griglets? Or, yes. or <laughs> no, no, no. Not 200. <laughs> It's 6,000 6, little gremlins. <laughs> and I love the photo that he shows. He goes, flip, 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 flip. shows you about 20 photos all at once. And I love the picture of his wife, which yeah. is like him in a... <laughs> it's him, but, but with a fluffy, yeah, collar. fluffy collar. <laughs> and it did the job. Yeah, hilarious. I accept that. That's fine. No problems. And it's about this stage that they come up with their plan. Well, he's explaining where they used to... Um, Playing caves near the caravan park where they because he's up. trying to make it simple for poor old mindless Greek yeah. to understand the concept of houses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's because like, Greg lives in a cave. Yes, and he's saying we we live in mobile homes that don't go anywhere, uh-huh. which confuses him even more. He said that it's like a cave, and we used to play in caves, play hide and seek, and that's mm. where he got the. Epiphany moment. Yeah. How many times do you see that in films, you know, where it's like, what are we going to do? I don't know, but I wish I had a balloon. And it's like, what did you just say? Balloon. That gives me a brilliant idea. Balloon. That's how we'll save the day. <laughs> it's the only reason you need an offsider. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, they'd just be stuck in whatever room they were in. So, what's their plan? They're going to hide inside the asteroid and let mm-hmm. the Armada pass over the top mm-hmm. and then hit the turret because there's some sort of turret on the on the mothership mm-hmm. that controls or controls controls. Mm-hmm. What happens if you blow the turret again? I forget what it, it was. They call it, it a it, communications it, thing. So they lose all communication with each other and well, with I ma- the mothership. I imagine that there was some coordination going on where one would say, you go left and I'll go right. And yeah. it was this thing that was making it all work. And it's the coordinated nature that scared them. So that yes. by killing the turret, then they can, they'll be uh, in chaos. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's their plan. All right. Um, so they come out of the asteroid and some ships turn up and we... Well, the timing here is important because on Earth, the cop is closing in. The cop slash Zandozan is closing in on Beta. And, yes, there's some uh, shit going on with the girlfriend because the girlfriend doesn't know about Beta yet. And so he's still struggling with the touchy-feely stuff that's going on under the blanket. Yep. But And then they're having a bit of an argument. Yes. And then the cop turns up, overhears the Beta unit, Declare that I'm not really Alex. I'm the beta unit. I'm yes. the beta unit. Takes a shot at him, shoots the beta unit um, to prove to the girlfriend that he's a robot. Uh, yeah, so the girlfriend now knows he's a robot. Which she immediately accepts. That, without without <laughs> hesitation. Um, they jump in a pickup and start chasing the cop down the road. The bad guy, Xander Zan, runs off yes. after that and then they chase him. Yeah, and so now we're back in space. Yes. And the, the, the Armada's going over the top of the asteroid. Yes. And they they come out, and then a communicate. Well, the 
the com- there's a communication that comes in to Zur and the on the command deck. Yes, and that's the Zander Zan. Yeah, it's an ma- emergency communication from Earth. Okay, so that's the the Zander Zan guy who's made it to his to space his mobile pod. phone. Yes, and he says the last starfighter is is, and then he's destroyed when Beta drives the pickup through the pl- through the. Uh, Runs him over, Runs essentially. Him over. It's ve- yeah, vehicular yeah. manslaughter. <laughs> yeah, and suicide. The- <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so, and suicide, yes. And so they, the, the Kodan, yep. they, they're suspicious. <clears throat> but what? Zua is convinced that the message was going to say the last Starfighter is dead. Dead, exactly. Um, so outside, a battle rages. Um, pew, pew, space battle going everywhere. Will they blow the the turret? Yeah, sorry, they come out of the asteroid. The, the asteroid and they sh- they shoot the turret. Okay, and so therefore the 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 Kodan are pissed because yep. uh, that's a starfighter. That, that's right. And Zura just said that they were all dead. That's right. And they pick it up on the thing and they say, "What's this on the radar? It's a starfighter. A starfighter. We thought they were all dead. It's impossible. Seize him. That's right. And so they go and grab him and he starts complaining. Take him away. Now, um, this is where they get into the thick of it. They're our heroes, Alex and Greg, and they're, they're shooting and spaceships. And I don't know. I guess there's probably still too many laser spaceships for their lasers to cope with. Yep. So they're going to have to do death plus. They have to wait for all of the ships to. Yeah, that's right. Get in the en- radius. Enter within the death blossom radius. The kill zone. Yeah. And then they press the red button, and what happens? Twilly girly. All of the weapons sort of open up. Yeah. And it proceeds to shoot in every possible direction. While spinning <laughs> Spin around so yeah. fast in every single possible direction. And it takes out everybody. Yes. Yeah. And the inside of the cockpit should be just covered in wall to wall vomit after. <laughs> or, or bits. <laughs> like human bits. Um, and then. Uh, it's got no power left, right? That's right. It uses up all its power. While the uh, mothership is heading straight for it. That's right. And you see um, Kodan or whatever his name on the spaceship, and it's like they're blowing up all of our little spaceships. And the other guy says, well, that sucks. And so Ramming speed. Ramming yep. speed. Any movie that's got the line, ramming speed, is usually a good <laughs> film. Yes. <laughs> it gets at least a bonus one star from me. So... Next is a little odd bit of the story as well. So they're now out of power because they've used up all of their power because they did the Death Blossom. But they only have one little bit of power left, and that's in the life support. That's right. So we need to tap some wires. We need to take the ship apart. Get some circuit boards (laughs) out and tap some wires. Always. And so they reroute the power um, from the life support to the engines or whatever. And that allows them to move out of the way. And they also happen to have enough power for the laser beams as well. And they shoot the spaceship, the giant spaceship that's attacking them. Shoot it in the back, just like in the game. Shoot it in the back, yes. And then what happens? Crashes into it crashes a moon. into a really small moon. 
<laughs> a moonoid. Yes, a moonoid. It's the scale. Or, or it's the biggest ship and we just didn't understand just how big that ship was. Yes. It's like, no, but they did say, the moon's gravity is pulling oh, us yeah, in. That's right. Yeah, the moon is, hasn't got much more mass than the spaceship itself. Let's just say that the moon had a lot of mass. It was a lead yeah. moon. Yeah. A lead maloon. That's right. It, had it, was, a very, it was a neutron not star. Dense core. Yeah, on that dense moon. core. Not particularly big. Yeah. So the bad guys all big dead. Explosion. Crash, no, and all but dead. not all the bad guys are dead. Big explosion in space. Yes. Then we learned on 3D Studio Max. And yes. the default install of the material editor uh-huh. came with textures. Yeah. There was an explosion file. Uh-huh. And dot .avi. Oh, yeah. Remember what that was called? No. It's a Hercules. Was it? Hercules.avi. It rings Ooh, I saw too, it many actually. times. Every time you wanted to use it, you put, took a plane, you put the Hercules.avi in it, and it didn't have an alpha channel, so it just used its color channel as its transparency, which means wherever the smoke is dark and dense, mm-hmm. the Hercules would become transparent. Uh-huh, uh-huh. So... And uh, I couldn't find it. I tried to find that old AVI um, leading up to... Because every single explosion that we see in this film is the same. Okay. It's always the same explosion. Yeah. And it really reminded me of the one that we had with 3D, yeah. 3DS Max. I know the one you're talking about. And I, I wanted to compare. I wanted to know if that is <laughs> just that. If it's just that's the one that they used for 1984 yeah. till 1994. That was the standard explosion film. Like, what's the scream? What's the famous scream? Wilhelm. The Wilhelm scream. It's like they just hand it around. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Cool. Um, All right. So almost all the bad guys are dead. Yes. Zua gets into a escape hatch thing. Thing. thing, He's out of there. Yeah. See him again. Which sort of leaves the door open for a sequel that never happened. Yes, which they were planning. that was planned. Never happened. Yeah. All right. So that's the... End of the movie, but there's needs well, to be the conclusion. That's right to the movie. Yeah, so we get two conclusions in this movie. Bonus. Uh, the first conclusion is the um, the cheering and the the award ceremony, yeah. essentially. At the like uh, with thousands of screaming, yeah, uh, Rylonians, Rylonians, and uh, Oompa Loompas, mm-hmm. all very happy. And yeah. they, um, and Admiral Arduna Duran Durana is there, that's right. And he says, um, jolly good, well done. You have to stay, yes, you'll have to put together the uh, new Starfighter 2.0, uh, 2.0, yeah, and you won't have to do it alone because you have a friend right here. And who do you, who is it who turns up? Oh, yes. Yes, yes. Back from the dead. Centuri. Centuri. And he even does one of those voila. Yeah, <laughs> you know, stage. Stage. <laughs> <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, so, so Centuri is back. And I think he even gives some techno babble as to why he's not dead. I think his body had to spend 10 minutes. That's right. Rejuvenation. Rejuvenation or something rather. Mm-hmm. like Doctor Who, actually. So that was the uh, first um, conclusion. First conclusion. Then we then we get our second conclusion mm-hmm. um, with Maggie moping because the boyfriend that became a robot is now dead and she's alone and looking up the stars wondering what's happening to Alex. Mm-hmm. And then obviously everything that's alien is preceded by wind. <laughs> yes. So we see we feel wind <laughs> and then we hear a spaceship and um, 
and everyone comes running. Yes, it's like the 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 high score. It's like, hey, there's a spaceship. Well, landing. in this case, spaceship it's justified. Landing? There's spaceship a bleeding, yeah. ruddy big spaceship just <laughs> exactly. landed in the middle and, of a. Park. And Granny knew that because she brought her t- double barrel yeah, yeah. shotgun with her. <laughs> that, was, yeah, that was a nice touch. <laughs> Would have been slightly better if she actually had a fired at it. <laughs> <laughs> Granny, fucking huge thing. It would have been taller than her. She was only a little thing. So right. yes, there's the Starfighter. Um, what's the ship called? Star Gun. Gunstar. Gunstar. So the yes. Gunstar lands yes. um, in the car park of the uh, cafe. And it has a really cool lift where the pilot That's can right. come down and That's be right. like... Right. Come down on the lift. Yep. Yeah, that's bloody awesome. That, that only carries one person at a time. Because they had really to send the lift back up for Grig. Yeah, and it's yeah. efficiently backlit so that you're in, in shadows that's as you right. come down and you look bloody awesome. Plus your helmet fogs up somewhat awful. <laughs> yes, that's right. <laughs> to to aid in the reveal. Yes, yes. Yeah. So um, essentially Alex turns up and he says, hey, Mags, you know, we had this plan. We're going to get out of this shitty place and leave all these crappy people behind. Instead of going to college, want to go to space. And what's Maggie's answer? Nah. Nah. <laughs> nah. i got to look after Granny. <laughs> yeah. Granny here with a shotgun. She needs taken care of. Yeah, exactly. She does. <laughs> well, yes, yes, maybe she does. Yes, maybe she does. Somebody's got to hide the bullets. So uh, she thinks so about she, it. No, he's going to leave. He's so, leave yeah, so Alex her. says, sure you don't want to come? And she says, no. Nah. Yeah. She says, you're short? No. Greg meets everyone. Yep, Greg. Yeah. Yep. And, then, and now they've got to leave. But yep. They never explain why they've got to leave, but they're in a hurry. No, he does. He says in a hurry... And oh, we can't fool their raiders uh, for much longer or yes, something. Yes, that there, rings there. a bell. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a, t- tick, a ticking clock. With, they've got to leave. Yep. And just when it looks like he's going to leave the girl, doesn't get the girl in the end, Gran- Granny says, I'm going to be fine. You just, yeah, just, mm. just go. Just, just right. Mm. So she goes. Yes. Does the big leap onto the, onto the lift. Now. And Andrea, I watched it with my family. At that moment, Andrea says, Oh, she's just leaving. Oh, she's going to be missing tampons. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, love it. You just the pack of toothbrush, nothing. <laughs> it's just uh, off in space. I'm assuming that everything I need will be wherever <laughs> yeah. I'm going. Yeah. yeah, It's in space. Come on. Yeah. They have everything worked out in space. Yes. <laughs> um... My question actually From then is, on, I'm just where imagining she, where her. Fit? Where yes, she that's fit? my question. There are two seats. Yeah. What else is there? Like a locker somewhere or a, yeah. it's like a boot? It's like, just just jump in the boot. Yeah, hold your breath, though. They just hold shot your out all... They have no more ordnance on board. Yeah. Maybe she just goes into <laughs> yeah. some... She's in one of the missile tubes yeah. kind of squished in there. Guys. <laughs> yeah, don't death blossom. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, they're, they're like, do a death puzzle just to freak her out. So, so we we see. I like the ending. I like the way they 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 the very last sort of shot of the film is the little kid pulling over a chair because he's so small he can't reach the mm. controls on the game. He pulls over a chair, sits, stands up on it, and starts the game. And right at the start of the game is the gun star taking off, and he looks up, and the gun sc- the real gun star, is uh-huh. taking off. Only chance in your life you have to ex- you have a chance to experience that. So yeah. you got to run to the computer game so you can experience. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. I want it in stereo. <laughs> and that whole premise of he wants to go in the footsteps of the brother, yeah. you know, and um, you know, the, I he can do that, I can do that sort of thing. I just need to play this game. Mm-hmm. Um, and then roll credits. Mm-hmm. We're done. Yeah. Good music. A good soundtrack. Good soundtrack. Yeah. 
Absolutely. I would. I wish I could play it. The last time we played a soundtrack out of a out of a film, we got blacklisted off YouTube. Yes. So sure. yes, um, it is kind of set up for a sequel. You know, you can have Lewis do the journey of the hero next, yeah. and you know, Alex has disappeared. Mm. You know, and nobody knows where he is. We got to go find Alex and. Have the two last starfighters. Yeah, you know, heaps and, of stuff you could do. Yeah, 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 you could. I saw, I saw, you know, people thinking about a remake, mm. and I was like, no, nah, don't do a remake. Yeah, don't do a remake. Don't reboot it. If you're gonna do it, there do was, another one. Well, there was a, a sequel yeah. planned, which was sent, set to be thirty years after. Do a sequel. Yeah, there's yeah, a sequel, do a sequel planned should do. 30 years later after this one, but then that was shelved. There's so many people that have been interested in doing a sequel with this film, and we're mm. talking big names. I've got a feeling Spielberg was even throwing throwing the idea around. I think Spielberg couldn't even get the rights well, to do Well, that's the problem. The Everybody sequel. that wants to do something with it can't get the rights off the guy that wrote it. What's his name? Batool. 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 But I saw another little interview thing where he's like, ha, 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 no, I'm not blocking it. You crazy people, you're all crazy. Yeah, I reckon he's a madman. But... I don't know. If you've got the rights and Spielberg turns up on your front door and says, I have a million dollars I want to swap for your movie. What give do you him, reckon? Give him the film, you idiot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, there's some weird drama that's gone on mm. over the years with the writer and, um, you know, the because so many people are interested in doing something with this property. Mm. And he owns – the writer actually has a lot of power in that scenario. The the It is – it it's his story. Mm-hmm. And therefore, Starfighter, Gunstar – all these things, he owns all those things mm. because they were in the story. Mm. So you can't have the movie without the things that he owns. Yeah. So, yeah, he's definitely the roadblock. Batool. And when he's in documentaries and stuff, you, you, there's a weirdness to him. He doesn't – he's not gone on and written anything else of note. I think he's only written five other films and they're not – most of them are pretty bad. I think all of them are pretty bad. But he really knocked it out of the park with this one, yeah? Yeah, I – um I went. Is that actually an that's, image that's, of them making the that's thing? Someone sitting at a. Um, where's the? Because I was reading of them complaining seven hundred and fifty thousand polygons for a gun star, and then they had multiple gun stars in a, in one of the shots, and then they couldn't tell whether they were facing forwards or backwards because yeah. all they had was wireframe renders, and yeah. sometimes they have the ships flying backwards or crashing through each other. And this is Shelley Lake wearing a lovely denim on denim, <laughs> classic um, with. Complete with 80s mullet. Yes. Um, and this is Shelley Lake at Digital Productions in 1983. So, yes, she is working on – you can see it there. You can see this is some kind of – I kind of can't recognise what that is an image of. I think that's a gun star. Isn't this the engines? And or maybe she's making parts of it and yeah, sticking them she's, together. she's modelling it. Wow. Now, now, this is not the computer that did the rendering. This yes. Is just in that was a Cray, wasn't that it? That was a Cray? Yes, this is about – Half the size of the... And so, yeah. uh, in the documentary, they show what the cray looks like. And what does it look like? It looks like, say, five fridges back to back with a sort of... you can An opening inside that you yeah. could actually... Like a oh. little sh- place that you could stand in if you wanted to. And it has benches on the outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has comfortable <laughs> sofa-like benches <laughs> that you can sit on and, uh, and, in fact, sleep on while you're waiting for the thing to do its rendering. There wow. you go. Oh, yeah, wow. That's a cray. It's it's obviously here in some sort of childcare centre as a uh, as a fun <laughs> climbing a piece of equipment now, yeah. <clears throat> and that's what they would you see. The top right is a guy uh, sitting on outside on the outside of that. Yeah, and one guy was explaining, and you could stand in the inside. And every time I would stand there, I would go, 
will I have children? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> will they will they be normal? <laughs> and the answer to that was probably no. <laughs> this thing's probably radiating all sorts of shit out of it. So it would be nice to have some stats on the Cray. Anybody? The Cray supercomputer, man. Like you don't get any more powerful than that in that that at that time. Yeah, but some comparable stats on. We did it. I swear we did it. We did it in the we older did, episodes, we, but I don't know if it was the Cray specifically. It was. You didn't I mention it did. back we, in that show. Yeah, we, I wasn't on the. We team, had pictures yeah. of it. Yeah, yeah, Cray supercomputer, because we were talking about this this mob, this digital, digital productions. Yeah, yeah. One of the documentaries, te- documentaries I recently saw was on the Voyager space probes, and this was 77, so only seven years before this film. And they said the whole computing power that they used at the time to send these space probes off into infinity is comparable today, not, not with your, the computing power of your digital watch, mm-hmm. but with your key fob. <laughs> yeah, right. Wow. To get in your car. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Eight hundred times less, less than what was it? Did, was it a phone? Eight hundred times less than a phone, or something like that. Probably. Phone is pretty. Phone is pretty. Pretty done advanced. Um, all right, gentlemen. So, do we buy, burn? Was it buy, burn, or borrow? Bludge or anything that starts with B. Yeah. Or any other letter. Yeah. <laughs> I buy it. Like I. Yeah. I, bought I bought it, it. I did buy it, yes. <laughs> and I recommend the uh, 25th anniversary edition of yeah. the yeah. Blu-ray release of the last Starfighter. On IMDb here, it's got 6.7, mm-hmm. which is not too shabby. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd give it a bit more. I'd think it's worth a little bit more than that too. Um, and yeah, I'm definitely in the buy. I went hunt, I went for a hunt for merch and collectibles, and yeah, there's lots of stuff out there: helmets and guns and and bits and pieces from the 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 you know shoot characters, mm. armour, all sorts of bits and pieces. And plus there's also people making their own arcades and mm. yeah, and, you can get you know, the plans to make the, the box, the unit. Yeah, the arcade and box. Someone designed <clears throat> the game. Like you can even that. you can even use the game. It was a fifteen million dollar budget estimated. Uh-huh. I got a feeling of that was nearly twelve million was the computing stuff. Yeah, yeah. Oh what's well, your feeling though? Because really they spent all as with all pros production. Yeah. They spend all the money and then the digital mm. production comes at the end. Yeah. And as we saw, they, they had to cut a lot of corners and mm. spend, they didn't have that much money left. 27, was it 27 minutes of, so it wasn't 27 shots. It, it was in the 20s, minutes of the film is digital. There's a lot this in there. This film? And that's huge. Mm. That is a lot. I that's, don't believe that. It's huge. That. I, I, I only saw that this afternoon and I didn't dig right into it. If it you was told a, me 2.7 minutes, I would believe it. Man. No, there's more than that. There's more than that. Maybe not 27, oh. but there's Because all, the, all of the flying car stuff. The space battle at the end is quite the long. The space battle, the asteroid, the, the, the oh. star base, yeah. the hangar. Yeah. Um, there was elements in even the car driving in, in on the back, like force. What do you call it? Uh, reprojection, like they would have done it and then re reprojected into mm. elements in the foreground. Um, but according to Box Office Mojo, it grossed twenty eight million d- domestic. I don't know if it made a big profit, 
but it was a slow burner, as they said in some yeah. reviews well, of it. That it went out to DVDs and it just and DVD and VHS and it had oh, a huge yeah, long exploded, life. It just yeah. stayed. Well, according yeah. to according to yeah. IMDb and to Box Office Mojo, it made twenty eight million oh, okay. off a fifteen million. Like it made six million in the opening weekend. Mm. It did pretty well. Yeah. I think yeah. I also read that it came out in 1984 and there's all sorts of amazing movies come out in that same year, like I think Indiana, Indiana Jones, Jones. and yeah. I can't remember. There's a whole bunch of them that came out at that same time. Maybe so. Jedi came out in 84, did it? No, it's 82. 82, yeah. Um, so anyway, my verdict is yes, it's a buy. It's a buy. You want to – this is what you want to own. You want to have this on your shelf. It's a classic. It's awesome. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. What about you, Tom? Well, now that I have friends who are going to buy it, I can bludge it. <laughs> <laughs> but if I didn't, I'd buy it. Yes. Yeah. No, it's in the buy. I think it's a timeless um, piece of sci-fi, and I think it's um, it deserves a high place in 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 sci-fi as a as a genre. I got a feeling it's probably in the five. I put it in the top five. In and sci- it's fairly well constructed sci-fi. in sci-fi movies. It's in my. Like top, it's in my of all sci-fi Ooh. films. I put this one in the top five. Mm. But I, as I mentioned before, I got a real connection to it because of the computer graphics mm. and the visual effects and and that sort of stuff. And because I just watched it so many times when I was a when I was a kid. Um, but yeah, I I think it's flawless. Like the story beats in it just go yeah, bang, bang, yeah. bang, bang, bang. That's there's, what I was about. To there's say. no refuse. <clears throat> they didn't play that stupid friggin' game when you take somebody out of a fish out of water. That we have to spend all the time. What's that thing? Oh, that's weird. You know, shells on the wall. The whole, um, you've got to describe everything. And that Mm. thing's, oh, yeah, because it's alien, that's that thing Mm -hmm. and whatever. They didn't do any of that. There was very little of that going on, except for the translator thing. Yeah. That was he was accepting of everything he was seeing and whatever. It's that blatant expository dialogue, which is clever. Yeah. Which is what you would do if you were suddenly whisked away at an alien yeah. thing. You'd go, okay, right, um, new reality. Yeah, and they even went back the other way. Grig says to Centauri right at the start there, up to your old Excalibur tricks. The sword and the stone. He... Oh, was that in the movie? Was it? Was he... Excalibur? Excalibur was part of the the story, the sort of the the inspiration for the story, right? Yes. Yeah, and Grig says an alien says that to another alien in the film. Was Ex- this is what I was fishing for? Was Excalibur the test that they used for the uh, other starfighters when they didn't use the Ooh, the? I think there was something like that. If it wasn't Excalibur, it was something like a single maybe. word that described the test the, that the, the other challenge the, the test. Yeah, yeah, to get those other starfighters in the. Yeah, it could be. Yeah. Anyway, um, they, right. they do do it a bit loosely with the with the acceptance of the new reality. Mm-hmm. One was when when the beta sacrifices himself. Yeah. Maggie has just learned that. Okay, the guy that I have been with for a long time yeah. suddenly has a few noodles hanging out of his belly, which yeah. look like cables, and then he commits suicide. Yes, yes. And she goes, all right, well, uh, I the real, that. I accept that then, and the real Alex is out there somewhere, and I love him. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that was a bit... They, uh, there are a few a things like that. There's a couple of and things and like it did, that. They, they were, I think that that's more in... They're just being economical. Yeah. But, yeah. The guy that got his truck stolen and blown up, he was a little bit accepting <laughs> at the end of the film as well. <laughs> There's no time he mentions it. I think he says, where's my truck? <laughs> but then... <laughs> There's no fisticuffs or anything. No, you'd, you'd be no. pretty pissy. Yeah. <laughs> Alex has a big the guy gun you don't, you don't pick a fight with a gun well, Yeah, with it, and he's backed by an alien over there. With it. <laughs> they both have side Laser arms. guns. Yeah. All right, gentlemen. Um, that is The Last Starfighter. 
and uh, I'm not sure what we've got coming up next, but um, and we're not allowed to discuss the Star Wars trailer. That's right, we can't. <laughs> cool. So that's it for another week. Until next time, it's bye for me. Off it is in. Victory or death. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, baby, oh, you, oh, baby.